Welcome to the Master's Method podcast, hosted by Zisser Customs Law Group. As experts in global trade, they will share valuable trade compliance and supply chain security information, along with the latest trade news, in a unique format that is easy to understand, use, and apply. They are going to simplify those complex topics, operational challenges, and difficult issues better than anyone else. Hey, Juan, it looks like we're on the countdown to to USMCA. I mean, it's just right around the corner. That's right, Steve. She's uh, less than a week away from uh, implementation. So uh, things are getting hot. Things are getting excited. We're getting a lot of calls from our clients, obviously, preparing. A lot of companies doing different things in different stages of the game. But yeah, it's coming up uh, within the next week. So exciting times. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Master's Method podcast. I'm Steve Zisser, a customs attorney, and I specialize exclusively in the area of import and export law and supply chain security. And joining me in our podcast today is a good friend, Juan Moreno. Hi, Juan. Hi, Steve. I'm the Director of Trade Compliance here at Zisser Group, where I've been here for the last 11 years. I originally started working for a maquiladora in a brokerage company a few years back. I'm excited to be joining Steve today for this important topic. Well, today's trade news topic is going to be about the USMCA countdown. And we're going to cover a lot of different things. Juan and I are just going to have a kind of a good discussion about some of the latest information that's going on because USMCA, it's absolutely right around the corner. So Juan, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about USMCA and the rules and preparing and the cert. And I think today, let's just go over some of the latest things that we've heard because obviously a lot of people that are listening to this podcast have probably already heard a lot of the webinars. Uh, the things that are coming from U.S. Customs. I think you participated just yesterday on a call with U.S. Customs, and today, actually, on a call with U.S. Customs, uh, and they're putting in more information out. And I got to admit, we have never seen anything done this fast, and certainly in the 20-plus in the years that I've been doing this work, nothing has happened this quickly. I mean, USMCA um, is replacing NAFTA. NAFTA goes back to 1994. We're talking 25 years ago. Customs is really ramped up pretty good, haven't they? Oh, my God, yes. Talk about the definition of fast-tracking a program. This hits it specifically. Yes, I agree with you, Steve. Very quickly, coming up with the new rules, the implementation dates, the changes. I'm impressed. I'll give Customs credit. And in the middle of a pandemic, of all things. So, yeah, kudos to Customs for uh, bringing this and uh, doing it so quickly. So, so some of the issues, some of the topics I think that we're dealing with and some of the hot things that we want to maybe share a little bit today. One issue, of course, that, that's kind of near and dear to both of us is the idea of kits. Yes. And um, this is probably one of the most significant changes. Uh, there may be some modifications to this rule, but as it stands today, what is going to be the rule now going forward with kits under the USMCA? Well, the prior rule on their NAFTA had basically depended well, was dependent only on the essential character item of that kit being eligible for NAFTA in order for the whole kit to qualify, Steve. That has been changed dramatically. Now the new rule basically says that every item within the kit needs to meet its own individual rule of origin and qualify for NAFTA, or in this case for the USMCA. So if it's a kit containing a pen, an eraser, a mug, a cap, or whatever, you have to classify each one of those, and depending on the individual rule of origin, determine whether they're eligible. All of them have to qualify in order for the entire kit to now get the, the USMCA treatment. 
huge change from our perspective. So in the path, we had to focus only on one item, an essential character item. If that qualified, everything else that came along for the ride, no matter what, now each item kind of standalone, even though you still get one classification out of the whole thing for classification purposes, for USMCA qualification, all the items. And the really only exception to that is the de minimis, which is basically 10%, and that's it. That's right. That's the only exception. Did you've got an item within your kit that doesn't qualify if the value of that item is less than 10% of the total cost, you're still eligible. That's and the you're only eligible. you're going to have on that situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, that is certainly a, a significant change. I know Customs is still kind of looking at that, but that's the way it's written. Uh, that's certainly the way it's been explained. That's the way they've clarified it. So for all of you who have kits, definitely you're going to have some work to do to reanalyze that and reevaluate that. And in some cases, it looks like you're going to possibly lose um, your eligibility. So that is a big, big change. Um, one, another issue that came up, I know we, we've talked about it, and this is something near and dear to both of us. We do a lot of this here on the, the southern border is dealing with that 50-60 claim where you send an item from the United States for repair or alteration into Mexico uh, and then you bring it back. And under the NAFTA rule, the cool thing was, of course, you paid duty on nothing. The item coming back was free and all the repair cost and the alteration cost was also free. What's going on with UFMCA on that? The good news is that basically it's going to be treated the same. You are still going to be able to send that item to Mexico or in this case even to Canada for a repair operation. And on the way back to the United States, you'll still be able to claim the free free just by in this case replacing what used to be the CA or the MX prefix in front of the classification, in this case with the S. So you're still going to be getting the same benefit of free free with that SPI of S in front of that classification. That's great news because we were thinking that that might have gone away, but they confirmed this morning that that's still in place. So any operation that meets that criteria, you'll be able to still enjoy the free, free benefit of no MPF and no duty elsewhere. Yeah, that's a great benefit because, you know, if you do that operation in any other country, generally you're going to pay duty on that repair and alteration cost. But now they're saying, well, if you do that in Canada or Mexico, you're not going to pay any of that. Uh, so I'm glad to see that that is still in play because that, that is a very popular program, uh, certainly for a lot of the operations in Mexico. Um, one of the other issues I know that's come up, and, and this is kind of in flux, was that concept of right now if you import and you claim uh, USMCA, you don't pay any duties and you don't pay any merchandise processing fees. But they've told us that if you go for a refund, a post-importation type claim, Unfortunately, you're not going to get that MPF back at this time. What are you hearing about that? Nothing, nothing relevant to what they last said on this topic, Steve, which basically means what basically what we were told last time is that Customs is looking at this issue very closely because they realize that it contradicts what was being done with the NAFTA and that they've got their legal experts from the Customs site looking at this issue. My assumption is that we're probably going to be experiencing the same thing that we had with NAFTA, meaning that we will have, once again, the opportunity to claim refunds on MPF, either on a 1520D claim or on a protest or on a recon, even if it's needed to get to that stage. I see that happening, but like you said, as of today, no opportunity no. to claim a refund on MPF. Now, okay. I will say, though, you can still claim to save MPF, so if you've got a classification that's unconditionally duty-free, you want to save that MPF, 
you can still do that by just putting the S SBI in front of that classification. That's important to remember. That's a great point because many times if you look in the HTS itself and you're talking about a free free in that special column, you're not going to see anything related to, in this case, USMCA. It'll be basically blank because right. it's free free. But that's a great point that even though it doesn't show it, if your item does qualify under the rule of origin that you would look up, uh, go ahead and claim it because, of course, you can now avoid the MPF. Remember, free duty doesn't mean necessarily free MPF. So if you want to avoid the MPF, particularly if you have shipments with pretty good value, uh, you probably want to take advantage of that. That could be a great opportunity. Definitely, yeah, especially people that are maxing out on the MPF, definitely take advantage. Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a good call. You know, one of the issues, too, that, that's come up, and, and you and I have, have discussed this quite a bit, we're seeing this, they talk about, of course, the NAFTA or the USMCA Certificate of Origin, and yeah. we all know that there's no required format. Um, they're focused on data Ele elements. Elements, yeah. yeah. Elements, and they've really said there's no format, and everybody's struggling with this because we're all so used to that 434 form, and we've gotten used to that, and we've always used it. Yeah. And so what we're starting to hear is that um, because it's just data elements, uh, you could basically create your own form. I think Customs is going to be publishing its own format pretty soon. But for the most part, you really take the NAFTA format, rework it a little bit, and you got it. Uh, and if you want to add more than the nine elements, you're free to do that. You could add definitely more. Uh, but one of the things we're starting to hear is the opportunity to maybe place that uh, on the commercial invoice so that as you're shipping each and every time, you're effectively certified. What do you think about that? Is that, that an opportunity? That's a phenomenal opportunity for any company that can achieve that through their systems and get, like you said, Steve, at least those nine elements on their invoice. And it's in a nice format where customers can easily see that that invoice has, in this case, morphed. I'm actually now going to call it more of a commercial invoice slash sort of origin for USMCA purposes. And I agree with you. For companies that can modify their systems to include all of this information in that invoice, I would strongly recommend that you do that for that main benefit first. But then, like you said, if per shipment, meaning that you're certifying that shipment that day, that protects the company even better because in the past, a lot of what was being issued, what was called blanket certificates of origin, which in some cases, Steve, they were a little bit dangerous to control. So yes, yeah. companies can do this on the invoice, by all means, get it on there. Um, and, and even if you want to do this, forward it to your C representative, have them sign off on this. Um, per personally, we don't think you would need that because you're meeting the nine elements, but if you've got a relationship with them, why not? I wouldn't think it would hurt. Steve, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely a great, great opportunity and something people should certainly consider if you can do it. Because again, it can really simplify a lot of your administrative work, your oversight, responding to customer requests. Because if you build it right into the documentation, guess what? You have it. It's always there. It's always available. So rather than responding to a customer request, guess what? Every time you sell to the customer, you build the cert information right into the invoice again. All the nine elements, including a signature, needs to be there. But as long as you have all those elements, guess what? In my opinion, you meet the standards and you meet the qualification requirements that Customs is looking for. So, again, easier to control, maybe easier to manage. So, certainly uh, one strategy. So, kind of, kind of a, a final comment, Juan, before we finish up here. Obviously, uh, 
there's going to be some evolution here. You talked about some of the new documents that are going to come out. I know Customs talked about some of the latest on the regulation. So what's the latest schedule when we're going to see these final regs and everything? Our U.S. Customs call this morning, we're going to see what they call the uniform regulations coming out in the next few days. They said they didn't give us an exact date, but they definitely said by July 1st. And then more importantly, the final implementation instructions, those are coming out on June 29th. Okay. Um, Customs was very, very insistent that they, we should expect them that day. They made a promise that we would see them on June 29th. So um, those are basically the two important things that we're going to see from Customs coming out within the next week or so. And then, the, of course, the HTS, the HTS, the new HTS, the updated HTS, which will now include all the different rules of origin. That's coming out, of course, we know on July 1st. Right, so yeah. the USITC.gov, that will have the latest HTS on July 1st. So it looks like everything's going to be ready. Everything's going to come out. There certainly may be more changes. We certainly encourage all of you to monitor, watch, don't be surprised if there's some adjustments here. There may be, that just happens. Uh, but no, they're ramping up, they're ready. The countdown's here, we're counting down. And July 1st, it's effective. As of that date, the only option you have is USMCA. NAFTA is no longer available on those shipments going forward, uh, just USMCA. So I wanna thank all of you for joining us today on the Masters Method Podcast. And thank you, Juan, uh, for sharing all uh, the latest information that you've been hearing about. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you, Steve. Bye-bye, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Master's Method podcast. Zisser Customs Law Group is a full-service international trade law firm and a global leader in international trade compliance training. Be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not legal advice. If you have any questions or require additional support, please do not hesitate to contact us through our website at zissergroup.com or send us an email to solutions at zissergroup.com.